Well, if you've been with us the last few weeks, we've begun to look at commands in the Bible that tell us about our relationships and what they're intended to look like in the body of Christ and and how we're intended to treat one another. And as we look at it, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, for example, as we look at how the church is designed to love one another and pray for one another, how great is that? How awesome is that? But some of you are realists, kind of down-to-earth people, and so you might be thinking, you know, that sounds really good. Sounds really good, but do you know how annoying people are? I mean, Pastor Mark, you kind of, you probably kind of live a sheltered life. Do you really see what's going on out there with people? I mean, how how they are? Um, You know, like, People who, sometimes the way they talk just drives us crazy. Or maybe you have a person who's invading your personal space every time they talk to you. Or uh, this woman who's inconsiderate. Or this man who's thoughtless and selfish. And so as, as you listen to these concepts, you go, that sounds great. But you know what? I, I, I don't know. Is that even possible? Because you might be at a point in a relationship right now, this morning, where you're wondering, can I even put up with this person any longer? You know, it might be a person in your family. It might be a person in the church family. It could be someone at work. And you're just not sure that you can bear with them or follow these one another commands that we're studying. And so if that is you this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you because you have just taken the first necessary step in loving another person, which is you've acknowledged that you may not have the strength or the resources to love someone else the way that God wants you to. And that is a good thing to realize because all of us are not going to be able to truly love one another in our own power. We need the Lord. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God's love flowing through us because none of us have it on our own. And and another great thing is that God knows this about us. He sets the standard for our relationships high. But He knows that we can't do it on our own. He knows that we're going to struggle in this. But He has a calling on our lives that is so far beyond us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to live a life worthy of His calling. And so He unites us and He empowers us by His Holy Spirit. And we'll get a picture of this calling here. Ephesians 4, 1-6. Paul says, as he sits in jail, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, And in all. Did you notice the Apostle Paul there talking about this calling that we've received? So, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, 
If you don't know this, you need to know this. You have a calling on your life. And so Ephesians 4 begins by challenging us to live a life worthy of this calling that we've received as believers in Christ. And so consider the picture of what this walk or what this calling looks like. In verse 2, again, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. I want to hone in on that phrase right there. You see, God knows this is not easy. And uh, if you look at a couple of other translations on this phrase, it helps us to get a clearer picture. Uh, The New American Standard Bible reads, Showing tolerance for one another in love. The New Living Translation reads, Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And if you dig into the word here for bearing with, the Greek word means to endure or to put up with difficult people or circumstances. And one other commentary says this word means to put up with something annoying or harmful. And if you and I are honest, there are times when we have thought or maybe we've even said, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to tolerate this from other people. But actually, we do. We are to tolerate one another. We are to bear with one another. We are to put up with each other. Some of you are hearing this and you're thinking, oh yeah, I do that. Believe me, I put up with my neighbor I put up with my spouse, you would not believe. I put up with my parents. I put up with my co-workers. I put up with my boss. But are we enduring and tolerating one another in the way that God is telling us to here in Ephesians 4? Read what Paul says again. And notice how we're supposed to bear with each other. He says we're to live a life worthy of God's calling, bearing with one another in love. And so we're not just to put up with each other. Rather, we're to put up with each other in love. And that's something very different. When we put up with each other without love, then the result of that is grudges or resentment or hate or maybe just a general dislike for others. But putting up with others in love looks different. And I would submit to you that our failure to bear with one another in love is why problems or splits occur in our relationships or in our marriages or in our churches. So church, church family, I want to encourage you to be honest. People are going to irritate us. And this might be hard for some of you to imagine, but I'm going to irritate you at times. And some of you are going, yeah, we, we're well aware of that. But you are also going to irritate other people as well might be hard for you to imagine that. But, but I say that because we like to think that the other person or everyone else is the problem. But we need to consider that we may be part of the problem ourselves. I mean, can you imagine living with you? Can you imagine being around you all the time with all of your quirks and strange habits? But often we have unreasonable expectations of others. Expectations that we don't even put on ourselves but we're all different from each other. And if you look around, you see people who are different from you and some that are even more different than you. 
But we're going to irritate each other. You're going to, and you are going to be irritating to other people. It's okay. It's normal. The Apostle Paul says, bear with one another. The problem is also how we handle each other. Uh, consider again what Paul says. We're to bear with one another in love. And so, we will not cease to love others because of their faults or because they have a different opinion. They may irritate us. They may disagree with us. But we don't cease loving them. But the problem is that when another person does something irritating to us, whether it's intentional or unintentional, we often don't handle it with love. And so what we want to do right back is to be irritating in return. Perfect solution for irritating people is just to irritate them right back, right? No. But I know. I'm good at it. We, we all can do it. But the perfect solution that God gives us here is to love in return. Bearing with one another in love means we won't stop loving each other because of their faults or their offenses. And so what I hope we're seeing in the Scripture this morning is that bearing with one another in love, it's a two-way street. You may think you're putting up with that person in love, but guess what? They're also putting up with you in love. Maybe just as much. Maybe more so. There's always something that we are bearing with each other about. And, and so the body of Christ is meant to be or designed to be a safe place where our offenses and our mistakes with each other are quickly forgotten. I'm not trying to justify bad decisions or bad things that we do to each other. But this is a place where we forgive and we forget them. But how terrible when the children of God have grudges or hurts toward each other. We can't forget that, that all of us have rubbed each other the wrong way. We've made mistakes or we've done hurtful things and we say wrong things at the wrong time. Sometimes we do those on a daily basis. But we're to bear with one another in love. So how can we bear with one another in love? What can we do to be successful at showing this kind of tolerance and love for each other? Well, looking again at Ephesians 4.2, You'll, you'll notice there are three character traits stated there which we'll need if we're going to be able to bear with one another in love. And, and notice Paul says here, be completely humble and gentle and be patient. And, and we know that that's not an accident because over in Colossians 3, verses 12 and 13, the Apostle Paul uses the same combination before speaking to them about bearing with, the, with one another. He says there in Colossians 3, Therefore, as God's chosen people, there's the calling again, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, and then we see again humility, gentleness, and patience right before, bear with each other, and forgive whatever grievances you may have with one another. So how do we bear with one another in love? What's the, the quick application? Well, first of all, practice humility. It's a practice. It's an ongoing practice. Don't think of yourself, uh, much about yourself and about um, how you've been irritated. It's hard to bear with one another in love when we're thinking about ourselves or we're thinking about how we're irritated by each other. Second, we need to show gentleness. And uh, the letter to the Colossians mentions kindness and compassion along with this word gentleness. And 
And the idea of this word, uh, which is also called meekness, is to have consideration for others. To have a submissive spirit or a submissiveness towards each other or courtesy for others. And so we're not seeking retribution, but we're trying to put others first. And then finally, we need to have patience, which is this idea of self-restraint. So we're not hasty, but like God, we're seeking to be long-suffering. And so to encourage these characteristics fully in our lives, I would like for us to consider 1 Timothy 1, verses 15 through 17. Because I think if we meditate and think on this passage, it could be a life changer or a game changer. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 17, Paul says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So in that, how does Paul look at himself? How does he see himself? He sees himself as the worst of sinners. What does that mean? Does he just walk around and go, oh, I'm the worst of sinners. I'm a terrible person. No, that's not what it means. It means an accurate picture of who he is. He sees himself as the chief of sinners so that he can appreciate the love and the grace of God to save him. Because Christ came to save sinners. And we're all sinners. We're all a mess. And so we've got to stop this train of thinking where we think, you know, I'm really pretty good. I'm not that bad. It's not accurate. Paul openly declares that he's not perfect, but the worst of sinners who receives mercy. And so we can't forget who we are. And it's God who determines who we are. It's His purposes, His thoughts, His ways. And And so to remember that we are the worst of sinners who have received mercy, which points us to the perfect patience of Jesus. Jesus showed and continues to show perfect patience towards you. Do you believe that? Jesus shows perfect patience towards you. So that's why Paul can say, okay, now, Show patience, humility, and gentleness to others by bearing with them with all of their sins and their weaknesses and their irritations in love. So Jesus has shown great patience towards you. And other people are probably daily showing patience towards you. So you bear with others in love. So when people say the wrong things to you, just bear it. You know that you have said wrong things to others. When people are unkind to you, just bear it. You know you've been unkind to others. When others are irritating to you, bear it. You know you've been irritating to others. Why? Because the Bible says this is the calling that you have received. Remember how Paul begins this passage by talking about our calling. Well, he mentions it again in verse 4. If you look at that, he says, Just as you were called 
to one hope, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So bear with one another in love, because this is what it means to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. And you may think, well, why would God call me to do something like that? Why would He do that? Because this is what He has done for you. And this is what He is doing for you. He bears your sin. He bears your burdens. He knows your weakness. He knows your sins. He knows all about your unusual habits. All the irritating things about you. He knows them all. And He loves you anyway. Do you believe that? Because it's true. He tolerates and He puts up with you. And He responds to all of that with amazing love. And so if we will accept that, if we will grasp that, Paul says then your mission and your calling is to try to be like Him. To bear with one another. And so as we move to the communion table this morning, I'd like us to consider what Jesus has borne for us. And to listen to the prophecy describe Him in Isaiah chapter 53. So I think this is an accurate picture of someone who knows what it means to truly bear with one another. It says, He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, He was despised and we held Him in low esteem. Surely... He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. Do you see it? Jesus bearing it on Himself. By His wounds we're healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Praise be to God.